We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Good morning. You know what? I started preparing this message two weeks before Christmas. We were doing some work outside. Could not get any traction at all because what the Lord was saying, I didn't like it. So I mowed around the church to see if the Lord would change his mind. He didn't. So I waited another couple of days and I thought I'll really push into this and see if he wouldn't mind doing things my way. And he decided no. So then Christmas came. I sat down with my family and then I thought, it'll be maybe a good time after this has died down and I'll, I'll get back to this message and it'll be something really amazingly encouraging for me and, and for the church. It hadn't changed. You know, late last night I was doing some backgrounds for this and it still hadn't changed. It was really, really late and then I, I sat on it and I stewed on it. I don't know whether you know this, but a lot of the time preachers agonise over what comes out of their mouth. So after only having 30 minutes sleep last night, I worked out that God was not going to change his mind and I was waiting for him to do it while I was worshipping and he didn't. And because when it comes to 2022, the first thing in my mind when that wonderful, wonderful leader of ours says, masks are back on. My heart sank and I thought, not again. Not again. I mean, has anyone have a snask? A snask is what I call when you sneeze in your mask. It's the captivated goodness of all that you are, isn't it? Blowback. Oh, it's a nasty thing. And, and it's not something you easily forget. So I'm thinking, I don't want to do this again. Then this voice comes in strong and fast in my heart that says, there has never been a 2022 before and there will never be another one. How you enter and address this year is going to determine whether you live in fear or whether you stand on the truth. You see why I didn't like it? I was hoping for a nice, easy slide in because we've just done Christmas at LifePoint, haven't we? The most amazing thing, God has shown up time and time and time again in finances, in provision of how the thing ran, in the fact that we didn't have COVID on site. Did anybody get that? That's mind-blowing, isn't it? It is to me. And I'm looking at this event and I'm thinking, I can walk tall into 20. We did this. Although my fingers really hurt from taking zip ties off. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, God, bring something out of your word just to really inspire me. And then he takes me to Isaiah 58. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. How good a start is it? I'm excited, not. 
They act so pious. I'm thinking, no, 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 I'm not, it's nosedive. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We fasted before you, they said. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves and you didn't even notice. At this moment, I am going inside my body going, ugh. I'm thinking, I don't want to say this to me, let alone to speak it from a pulpit, let alone to put it out there online. And then this verse says, I'll tell you why I responded. You're fasting to please yourselves. While you fast, you keep oppressing. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like bending reeds. You dress in burlap, cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? About this time, I'm weeping into my pillow, thinking fetal position is next, rocking on the floor. The whole, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to preach this. And then it goes on to say, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. That's a tough one at Christmas time, isn't it? <laughs> Especially if they're saying whether you want to hide from all the time. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will heal quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. That bit I like. You know, it's funny. I looked at that and I thought, what a rebuke. But I don't know whether you notice we get the beauty of reading the Bible after it was written. These people actually walked through it. So they couldn't see the end bit because what it serves for us, it serves as a rebuke, but it's also a realignment to say, hey, you've seen what can happen. You've seen how when you fast, because we were called to fasting before Christmas at Life Point, weren't we? We had a target, we had a something to do. We pointed it at it. We pointed our faith at it. We stepped up and we also went without. And did God show up? Oh my gosh, He showed up. See, my resolution to go forward meant that I had to go backwards. I had to start leaning on truth because Corey Ten Boom, Holocaust survivor says, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit and you trust the engineer. See, I was in the headspace of like, not again. I was willing to get off this train. I didn't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to wear this thing on my face. I don't want to go through all of the weird emotions of like, are we on church? Are we off? Are we not? Are we out? Can I wear a mask standing up? Can I wear one here and here, here? Where do I, what do I do? Who wants another 12 months of that? But Scripture is truth. 
See, we actually have to set our feet on something that does not move. A truth that we can rely on. Because you know these days, truth, it's like getting a puppy, isn't it? You go into the cage and you just say, oh, there's a nice, well, that one's fluffy, huh? Oh, that one's friendly. And truth is a lot like picking a puppy, isn't it? You just find the one that you like and you take that one home. But you know, and I know, that is not right. That's not how you define truth. It's not like picking a puppy. You don't get to choose. Truth is what it is. And you hang on to real truth, not conjecture, not arguments, but an unchanging one that stood the test of time, survived persecution, death, and repeated attempts to stamp out its voice. The Word of God. People have tried to destroy it for years. What's the definition of truth? Anything that comes from the mouth of God. See, in this chapter, God exposes the emptiness of two religious rituals. He talks about fasting and later on he talks about observing the Sabbath. See, both of these are expressions of of not things. So they're not doing things. But God is actually showing, not that he hates fasting, he's not down on it. But he's saying you're doing the not doing things, but none of the doing things. You're actually pointing yourself in one direction while missing the rest of it that sits underneath it. Because you remember when we did Christmas at Life Point, we pointed, we fasted, but we did it. We moved something in our hearts to push the vision forwards, to actually refuse to be divided in this time and to press ahead. See, what we don't do isn't enough to make us right with God. It's what we do. Because doesn't a relationship with Jesus outwork that way? Shouldn't it change the way that we behave? It's a life change program. It changes who you are, right down to your core. I wonder if God's people coupled their, their fasting with lives of righteousness and love, then didn't it say their prayers would be answered? Lives full of light, healing, righteousness, the glory of the Lord. And then God will answer you. See, it it talks about a few things in here. If we go on to verse 11, remove the yoke of oppression, stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumours, feed the hungry, help those in trouble. None of us, thank goodness, we never ever gossip or spread vicious rumours. We got that one nailed, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, it looks like my husky. My husky at the moment slept in my basset hound's house and I come out on the veranda and put his head down, wouldn't make eye contact. And I'm saying, what have you done? Head went down a little bit further. The problem is we're prone to that. What, what What if we weren't? What if we stopped that? What if we fed the hungry? What if we helped those in trouble? It says, then your light will shine out from darkness and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. 
You'll be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Alan Redpath puts it this way. How there needs to be a rebuilding work today. We live in a broken world. In every direction, there are breaches which are wide and are deep. Broken hearts, broken homes, and that which once was sacred is but a waste place. Whereas there was a carefully guarded fence around the sanctity of family life, sex life, the right to personal privacy, now there's just a waste place. The wall of protection is in ruins and life has lost its meaning. We can see it around us. It's the puppy dog truth. I'll pick whatever floats my boat at the time. But the Word of God says, you couple together, your fasting and your obedience, then your light will shine out from the darkness. These are characteristics of a life right with God. The light shines out from darkness, not only does it shine, the darkness around you becomes like noon. How would it be if in the darkest despair, it's like midday for you? Not at the moment, of course, but back when we were setting up for Christmas at Light Point. At the moment, it's just rain, 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 rain. But if every problem suddenly was illuminated like midday, into people's darkness, rays of light begin to shine. I want that. I want 2022 to be that. It's a guided life. It says the Lord will guide you continually. Now this is important. It is the Lord Himself, not an angel, not a messenger. It's Him in you. That His Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. This is the Lord in all His power, in all His majesty that says, if you get this right, I am there guiding you, leading you, showing you. I mean, how beautiful would it be to sit down in your quiet time with the author of the book and say, Daddy, read me your book. Show me what life is like satisfies your soul in drought, giving you water when you are dry. Who's ever had those times? Man, I had it preparing this sermon. But when you're dry, God says, I'm gonna satisfy. I'm gonna give you something to drink, the water of life. You remember scripture says, the one that never runs out, it's eternal it's hope, it's wholeness. You'll be like a well-watered garden. It's a growing life, isn't it? I got artificial plants in my house and they look okay. Kinda. It's all right, you know, first layer of dust adds character. It does, I'm sure of it. Second layer of dust, not so much. Then you think it looks like a pom-pom, this is nasty. You can tell the difference, can't you? When you, when you walk up, like, initially they look okay. Comes a lady asked me at Christmas at Light Point, those big artificial plants we've got at the front. She goes, mine at home don't look that good. 
She goes, I just can't get them to grow. I said, I can't get those to grow either. And an artificial plant looks fine until you get up close, eh? Then you go, it doesn't look right. It's something horribly wrong with that. It's not growing. It stayed the same. It might be okay for decoration, but you pick a leaf off that sucker. You only get about half a dozen times before it just looks like a stick. And it's always going to be a dead stick because it can't regenerate. It can't reproduce Whereas a growing life can not only reproduce, it can have fruit. So something comes out of it. So you begin to grow, your influence begins to expand and extend. And then you begin to see fruit all around you. What does fruit carry? Fruit carries seeds for generations. Seeds that can be sown, seeds that can be spread. People come to sit under trees that grow for shade, for cool, for nourishment. This is the life we're talking. How about a 2022, a well-watered garden? How about people say, man, I'm going to that church because I can see something's happening. I can see that they're growing, that their people are a place to go for comfort, for nourishment and for rest. It's a freshly sustained life. It talks about like an ever-flowing spring. Never runs out. You know, Phil talked about the God of more than enough. We have an extravagant God because He doesn't know how to stop giving. It's part of who He is. His love extends and it flows. It's a productive healing life. Did you hear when I read that? Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. You'll be known as the rebuilder of walls and the restorer of homes. How awesome would it be if we were known as the place for restoring marriages, for restoring relationships, for restoring lives, where sexuality is held high and pure again, where family life is where we begin to shout the truths of Scripture and live them. The problem is we, we can't build anything for God's kingdom on a superficial walk with God. We can't do any of this unless the connection's there. And it's, it's, it's in the not do and in the do. If the worship team could please come. We need to be connected in more than just, look, I'm fasting, because I love fasting as much as anyone. Anyone will tell you that that knows me. I love fasting for things. But there's that other dimension. We've got fasting and we've got obedience. I wonder when we looked at Christmas at LifePoint, did we realise just how profound it was that we were fasting and praying for something while we were doing something. Both of those together pushed vision forwards. See, Corey Ten Boom, love this lady, says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. This is the truth we have. One truth that stood the test of time that doesn't waver. Do you know, I looked at that, I read it and I thought, I don't like it, God. And he said, I don't care. 
I said, what do you mean you love me? He said, my word is what my word is. He said, I don't get on board with your word, you get on board with mine. I'm the one that gave you salvation, you didn't give it to me. I'm the one that invited you into relationship. I'm the one that knows you to the core of who you are. Because I was thinking, God, why this rebuke? And He said, it's not. You need to understand this is a realignment for 2022. As a people, we need to stand on the truth of God, but do something with it. That video said, let's get rid of division. Let's not even give it a place to dwell. Get rid of any backbiting. Don't even give it anywhere to perch. Scripture says, do not give the devil a foothold. If we're all here to advance the kingdom, let's do that. If we find ourselves starting to slide fast and do something, begin to press in and say, God, make this the most fruitful year that LifePoint has ever had, that we would begin to see people come to faith, that we would begin to deal with our own shortcomings. See, God's mercy with a sinner is only unequaled and perhaps outmatched with His patience for the saints, with you and me. His grace is phenomenal because I can give you so many reasons why a man like me is not worthy of the love of a king. But you know what? I just picked a puppy because the Scripture says, even though you're not worthy, I loved you. I came down, identified with you, died for you to make you whole. And now I invite you into a journey you don't deserve, you never will, but you get it anyway. Do you want to see what I can do with a heart sold out? And you know what my answer was? Lord, get me. Please just get me. Whatever you have to do, I know is what I need. Let me pray. Father, You love Your church with such a passion and such a depth. You breathe life into her. You you made her who she is. You put every part together to change and transform. A room full of rebuilders, ones whose lives will grow, ones who will bring hope. Lord, I pray for 2022, we lay down every truth that's wrong that we've picked up, every lie that we've entertained. And instead we submit ourselves to the God of all truth, the God of all wisdom, the God of all knowledge. Father, we ask, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, our heart's desire is to know you. That Lord, when we fast, we also do. That when we press in, Lord God, we walk in obedience. Oh Lord, we wanna honour You and praise You. And Father, we ask, make this year 
the most profound that LifePoint has ever seen and the most profound that we as individuals have ever seen. We pray this in Jesus' awesome name. Amen.